Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We hope that you're blessed by this message. Let's just pray again. Lord, we just thank you. God, you're so awesome. And Lord, how great it was to come together um, as your church and worship you. Um, it's so, uh, worship was so anointed tonight, God, because we know it's all about you, Lord. And so we just thank you, God. I just want to be so emptied of myself tonight, God. Just fill me with your spirit, God, to be your mouthpiece for the words, God, that you have for all of us tonight. And God, we love you. This is a church that loves you so dearly, God. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We all said amen. amen. All right. So we've been going through Transformed Life, Transformed Church. And the title tonight is Transfer, Transfer by the, excuse me, Transformed by the Sower and the Seed, as Pastor David was sharing. So in your Bibles, turn to Matthew 13. Go to Matthew 13, uh, verse 1. And as you're turning there, um, just as we're going to be going through the four soils, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Um, going through the four seeds, um, excuse me, the seeds and the four soils. And the thing is, is tonight we're, how we're going to do this is that in the first set, what Jesus does is he, he shares the parable, and I'll talk about that in a moment, and then um, there's some verses, and then he explains the parable. So what we're going to do tonight is as we read the parable, behind me will pop up what the explanation is, so we don't have to keep going up and down and up and down and up and down, okay? So it'll be up there, so we can just go through and read it. Um, we're supposed to be like 30 verses. We knocked it down to about 13 tonight, Okay. Um, that's all right, because a week ago in, in Melbourne, I did 66 verses. So 66 verses. Got done in time, though, okay? Um, so as you're turning there and you got there, take a moment, just think about this. Think about how Jesus has transformed your life. Can you remember back, maybe some of you, how you were at one point and what God has done in your life and how he's changed you? You know, think about it as, as we think about all that Jesus has done for us. I mean, we have salvation, eternity with ever for him, with him. You guys thankful for that? And not only that, we have joy, hope, healing, purpose, and peace. Think about all those things that come along with Jesus, besides the salvation, which is by far the greatest thing no matter what, but all those other things that are byproducts that come along with him as well. And how many of you tonight would walk away from all of that? I don't see a hand in here. Wouldn't walk away from that. And as we go through these soils, we're going to see people that may have proclaimed a faith, okay, may have, but then they walk away. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine ever walking away from Jesus Christ? And as we read this, Jesus is really talking about the hearts of people is what he's going to be talking about. The soils are the hearts of people. Some are going to be hard and some are going to be broad, some are different. We're going to go through all this tonight. But as we get coming forward, what's coming up in the next few weeks? Christmas. Anybody ever seen a Charlie Brown Christmas? Remember that, that cartoon? I mean, that was just an awesome, awesome, awesome cartoon. And Charlie Brown, he, you know, he has that funky tree. You're seeing that tree, it's like, things are falling off of it, you know? It's like a stick with like, I don't know, it's like all the uh, leaves fell off of it, but they kept on falling off of it, and they kept on, he didn't see any leaves. But he had that funky tree, and he was kind of wondering, what about Christmas? What is this all about? And at the, towards the end, who stands up to say something to him? Who tells him what Christmas is all about? 
Linus, right? And I'm going to read to you what Linus says, okay? So listen, this in Luke 2, he says, and there will, uh, there will be shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone among them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you, listen, good news that will cause you great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about, okay? But imagine who would walk away from that? I mean, just hear the things that the angels are saying to him, you know? It's incredible. By the way, that's on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock on ABC, okay? It's on tomorrow night at ABC, okay? But listen to this as we go forward. Later, Jesus in Nazareth, and he, uh, he gets there and he goes to the synagogue and it says the power of the spirit is upon him. And he goes in the synagogue and he's getting a, the opportunity to get up and speak. They give him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he reads a certain part of it only. Reads only a certain part and listens to what he says to them. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. By the way, we're all part of that, okay? That prophecy, this is a prophecy about him. He closes up and he says, today the scripture is fulfilled for you hearing. Imagine being a fly on the wall when he said that. Because a few verses down, they got all irate at him saying that because he said he fulfilled it. But here's the thing is he fulfilled it and we're part of it. And it's for the ones that are hearing it and understanding. That's a very important thing because we're going to talk about when Jesus goes through these four soils, he's going to talk about hearing and listening and things like that. But imagine just being there, what that was like. And so in this parable, we're going to go through the four soils. A parable is a simple story, often a visual picture illustrating spiritual principle, uh, which uh, many hearers hear about. But the, here the thing is this. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a story that the listener can relate in their own life. It conveys a message of truth, an analogy, comparison, or a contrast. And this is going to be the first set of parables of 23 parables that are going to be in Matthew that you guys are going to go through. It's also found in Mark 4, Luke 8. And think about all the parables that are through the scriptures. And you think about all the things that Jesus has done. So everybody at Matthew 13, verse 1, here we go. This is kind of a setup to understand. So the same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake and such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into the boat, sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So he gets in this boat because there's a large crowd gathering. Other verses say, excuse me, other translations say a multitude of people. At this point, they think there's thousands of people that are following Jesus. There's like thousands of people. And at this point, he's already done 18 miracles that are recorded throughout the gospel. 
So the message of Christ, of what he is doing, is spreading all around the towns, and people are coming to hear about Jesus. They're coming to hear him speak. They're coming to probably bring people to get healing because they're hearing about him. And there's so many verses throughout the scriptures that talk about all the things that, did, that Jesus did, but there's so many more that are not in the verses. Because John says in 21:25, he says, and there, uh, there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. See, his, his name was spreading and who he was. And Jesus is touching people's lives. Aren't you thankful that Jesus has touched your life? And so all these people are coming and there's a range of fishermen, farmers, Pharisees, they're all in the mass crowd. And the question comes down as Jesus is gonna start reading this is that the people that are there are who are the true followers and who are gonna be the false followers. And he's gonna reveal some things through these soils. And that's an agricultural area. They understand about farming there. And as he goes through this, it's really gonna touch the heart of people because he's gonna start sharing through this. And just imagine you're there listening to Jesus. We're there, we're there, we hear him talking about it. So just put yourself there as he's going through it. So verse three says, then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. So to be parable of this four seeds, tells of a physical action, spiritual meaning. He's gonna talk about this. This farmer went out to sow his seed. And through these verses, we're gonna talk about the sower. Who's the sower? Jesus is. Now that also can be anyone who shares the truth of God's word. So you are also sowers. You are also farmers as well. Do you share God's word? Okay, so you also too can be a farmer and a sower. The seed is the word of God, specifically in a parable of the gospel here, the good news. The word of God is alive, it's active, it changes people's lives. And then the soil is a wide range of people, of their hearts where they're at, and, and it represents kind of the condition of their heart. All right, so here's the first soil. As he was uh, scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. So if you look over me, Jesus explains it now later on in verse uh, 13, but here it is above us. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. Here he goes again, listen, okay, hearing and listening. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand, understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. So when you think about farming and you think about how that is, you have fields, all right? So give an example. Let's just say these are two fields right here. And the farmer, the sower, he has got his pouch here and he's got seed and he walks along this, this pathway and on either side, there's, there's farm, there's farmland. So what he does is He's taking and he's throwing out the seed. 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 So if I'm walking down this path and I'm throwing out the seed and it's going on this other ground, where does some of it fall on? It falls on the path. And the pathway, see, the farmer, the sower, is, walks along it, so it's hard. It's hard packed. And so some of the seed falls on it. It's not getting deep in. But what comes behind him? The birds. See, anytime you hear birds in the Bible, it's not a good thing. When you hear like a flock of birds, it's not good. And the birds coming behind him, they're picking up the seeds. Matter of fact, 
If you go see farming today, when the plows are farming the, uh, the land and there's, there's, there's seed falling out, guess what you see? You see birds, all right? So these birds represent is actually, guess who? Satan, the evil one. And he plucks it away, he plucks it away, he plucks it away. And this would really be probably most likely like an, an unbeliever. You know, the pathway is hard, their heart is hard. Um, you know, you share the gospel and they're just not listening. I can always tell when I'm speaking to somebody with a hard heart, when I'm sharing the gospel. And how I can tell is when you're talking to them and you're sharing about Jesus and they have all these excuses, they're saying all these different things, but you get to the end, they're just not really listening. But you ask them this question. We know that Christianity is true. We know who Jesus Christ is. He's God. But you ask them this question, if Christianity were, were true, would you be a believer? And if they say no, guess what? They just got a hard heart. Now, if they say yes, okay, there's hope there, right? But if they say no, man, that's a hard heart. You definitely got to pray for them, got to pray, and man, okay. But here's the thing is, even as believers, we know that the enemy can't steal our salvation. When we accepted, truly accepted Jesus Christ, we have salvation. He can't steal it away from us. But what he can steal and what he tries to steal is the fruit of the Spirit. He tries to steal that away. He tries to steal your love, fruit of the Spirit, love. He tries to steal that away. He tries to steal it away. And in fact, that matter of fact, when you go through something, you start to, he starts to get you questioning, God, do you really love me? See, he tries to steal that away. He tries to steal our joy away. Try to take that away, the joy we have in the Lord. Because he knows if, we can, if he can steal that joy away, all right, the joy of the Lord is our what? It's our strength. He knows if he can steal that away, there's gonna be no strength. He tries to steal our patience. Has that happened to anybody before? You've lost your patience, okay? Well, he's good. He loves doing this. He tries to steal your goodness, our faithfulness, gentleness. And here's the big thing is that some of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, he tries to steal that away. And so we have no self-control. And we don't have self-control. It brings up, opens up a wide range of doors. And so he tries to do that. And so the enemy actually is a fruit stealer, is what he does. He tries to steal the fruit. So I got an illustration for you. You know that we are, I said that we're, we're all what, farmers? We're all sowers. So I got an illustration for you. This is my farming hat. All right, my farming hat. I'm going to kick my. Is it okay to take my shoes off here? You're on holy ground. We're on holy ground. There we go. We just yeah. We just say it. These are my farming boots. Ah, there we go. I hope I can return these. I bought these today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got my farming hat on. I got my farming boots on. And I'm a farmer, okay? I'm sowing the seeds and all this, but the enemy tries to come and try to steal these, this fruit away from us, all right? So I got some really good advice for us. It's up on the screen. When the enemy comes to steal your fruit, put your farming boots on and stomp him with the word of God. Stomp him with the word of God, all right? Put your boots on, put your farming hat on, and I got everybody taking pictures of me. What's going on? This is going on Facebook, all right, great. So this is what we do. We stop him with the word of God. Because listen, what did Jesus do when the enemy was coming at him in the wilderness? He used the word. We should be using the word constantly throughout the day. Because how often does the enemy try to steal our fruit? 
constantly all day long. That's why we hear you got to know the word. You have to be armed and ready to be able to share the word and defeat what God's or what the enemy's trying to get at you. Listen, if you stand firm in the Lord, you stand firm in the Lord and what he has for us, guess what the enemy does? He flees, James 4, 7, he flees. All right, can I take this stuff off now? I got to preach this stuff on. All right. I may keep the boots on. I don't know, those are pretty cool. So put your boots on, stomp him with the word. Ah. Those things are pretty comfortable, actually. All right. All right, so let's go to the next one, verse five. So some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered away and they had no root. So Jesus explains it, it's up on the screen, Matthew 13, 20 through 21. He says, the seed fallen on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Man, I can think of a few type of people that represent this. Have you ever known anybody like that? Like, they've, like they came down, maybe they professed to, to accept Christ, right? And they're all excited. And what do they do? They, they wanna serve in 500 ministries, Okay, you know what I'm saying? Listen, if, if you guys are serving in multiple ministries, it's good, okay? Don't, don't back out of it, all right? <laughs> Pastor David's here. But they do, they, they sign up for every possible ministry. They sign up for every possible class. And it's good, they wanna be discipled. But they're like, they're experts on everything, okay? And they're excited about it. And what happens when something gets tough in their life and they start to question, God, why is this happening in my life? Like, I've accepted you. It's supposed to be like everything's great. But you see, their thoughts are it's supposed to be like a worldly type great. Because we know that things get tough, that God allows it. What is he doing? He is working on us. Was it easy for Jesus or was it tough for him? It was tough. And it is tough. I mean, think about it. Who, who here, no, justification means that when we were saved, we were justified. Everybody like being justified. Raise your hand. Okay. Okay, some of you don't, some of you don't like it. It's okay. We're doing an altar call at the end. Then we have glorification. Glorification is when we go home. Who's happy about that? But in the middle, we have sanctification. Who enjoys that? Somebody's raising their hand. So God does that. And these believers, what they do is when they go through the sanctification process and God's working and allowing these things in their life to refine them, they just fall away. I've known so many people like that and they just disappear, they just fall away. Then there's some that accept, they say they accept Jesus, okay? And they start to listen to unbelievers who think they understand the Bible and explain everything away that it's not about, it's not God, it's actually man's word. By the way, we're seeing a lot of that out there today, a lot of that. And they allow these teachings to penetrate their mind and what they do is when it penetrates their mind, it starts to sink into their heart and they start having roots deeply listening to these people. And this is so much out there right now because there's a lot of people that are claiming, they're saying, I'm a biblical scholar. I'm not a believer, but I'm a biblical scholar. And the, there's people actually starting to follow them now. People that said I was once a believer, all right? 
but now I'm following them because what they do is they let their roots grow deep into them instead of into Christ. Proverbs 14.1 says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I just choose not to listen to fools. I'm not gonna let my mind go down and listen to, now it says a fool because they don't believe who God is, but I'm not gonna let my mind and my heart go down that road. I'm not gonna allow that, but there's many people that are. And even today, listen to what 1 Timothy 4 says, but the spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrine of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. I mean, do we see that today or what? I mean, even some people that were pastors at one point saying they're no longer pastors, they're like agnostic. I can't even fathom that thought. Can't even fathom that thought. Would you leave Christ? Can't even fathom that thought, but we see it every day. And so what does Colossians 2, 6, 7 says for us on the screen? I love this, Paul writing this to the church of Colossae. He says, and now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You see, he says, you, it's not a must like you must, it's almost like you must continue to follow him and let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith, you hear that? There's a, there's a correlation there. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So deep roots in Christ will result in deep faith in Christ. Never fails. So when your roots are deep, I once had this picture of a root ball where it was like entangled around this something and the roots were just all around it. It was like, I was gonna I get the picture in time, but you know, I want, I want my heart to be like that around Christ. My roots just kind of just around him, just so entangled that nothing's gonna cut that away, Okay. And so it's so important. And we know that when we have our roots that are into the right thing, when you think about a plant and there's roots, it gets its nourishment from the soil. So you have good soil. So the nourishment comes up. So what we put our roots in will determine what's gonna nourish us and take us down whatever path. So we gotta have it in Christ, as, as Paul was saying here. So I've got a picture of my wife's plants. Okay, these are Bridget's plants. And these are, well, I, I'm going to be, you know, some years ago, we, we didn't do so well with plants, all right? They were, it was like not a green thumb, it was like a black thumb. But we, <laughs> Kelly's okay, but we've gotten a lot better at it, all right? So on our back patio, we have these, um, and I really thought about this. You, you see that bottle here? That plant constantly needs water, all right? That is not, that, that's from Ukraine, that bottle. It's not a vodka bottle, Okay people looking at it. It's actually, Bridget really liked it. It was a water bottle, okay? We're going to Ukraine back in June. Matter of fact, Kathy and Kelly are going to Ukraine with us in June. We got a few more room, got room if you want to come, all right? All right? So, but these are Bridget's plants and, you know, just taking care of them. They're healthy. And that's what happens to us when we're rooted in Christ. We're healthy. Okay, does that make sense? So we have to remain rooted in him with the Spirit, Holy Spirit. We get that nourishment. All right, and here's the byproduct, which I love in that verse we said earlier, it says that you will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And the byproduct is you will overflow with thankfulness. See, people that leave Christ, they say that, they don't have thankfulness for Christ. See, they leave. And this, when we're rooted deep, we're gonna have thankfulness. You know, are you all thankful for Jesus Christ? 
You know, so am I. All right, here we go to the third one. Verse seven, other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. And so Jesus explains in verse 22, this is out of the NLT, it says, the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out of the worries of his life, this life, and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Other versions say choked out, choked out by the cares, the worries, the busyness, the lure of love of money. It just seems like they, they may possibly, you know, have like a root, okay, but it's not really grown in the right place and it gets crowded out. And the love of self, the love of the, for the world uh, may choke out the love of God and his direction, uh, this type of person has an attitude of me, myself, and I. That's the focus. What can I get out of this or what can I get out of this situation? And I don't know, is this an unbeliever? I, I have no idea, okay? It's a good question. Who knows? God knows, okay? But I know people like this who, who it just seemed like there was some, some growth going on and they just allowed like the things of the world choke out God. It's like, especially when it comes to guess what? Right here. You can tell, yep, I'm a pastor. I got $2, all right? <laughs> but when it comes to this, because we know we can't serve two masters, okay? You're gonna love one and you're gonna do what? You're gonna hate the other. And it just seems like some people, what happens is, is money's not bad, okay? But we know the love of money is the root of all evil, but it just seems like in the church sometimes there's people that you see that are just going, they're chugging along and things, and all of a sudden they get lured over to this side of things, and they start to choke out God with finances and money, and they start to do that. And I tell you what, when you think about that type of lifestyle, living like that, man, it really is, it really is di difficult because it's like trying to walk with Christ, all right? So following Christ, then also now trying to walk with the world in the way they do it. It's like this, it's like this straddling on each side. Matter of fact, I got a great picture of straddling, straddling the fence. I think this was Sebastian, I don't know. But this is what it's like living, trying to live for Christ and live for the world. You got the, the hind end on one side and you got the head in the other. And look at his face. And he don't look too happy, does he? I got to say probably the worst lifestyle. What? <laughs> she. Yeah, she. Never mind. She. I got my contacts in. I just wasn't looking right, okay? But that is like the worst lifestyle there is. For, to be a Christian and live like that is horrible. Because when things happen in your life, it's all confusing. Why is this happening to me? I mean... And what it is, is they don't realize sometimes that they think that, you know, yeah, God blesses, obviously, okay? But living like that is so difficult. It is so, so difficult. Instead, it should be, God, how can I serve you and how can I serve others? And the question really comes down to, as we're going through this, how many people in the churches really know Jesus, that are really rooted in Jesus? If you take all the churches in the country and in the world and how many are really um, following Christ, based on this statistic that we just went through, 
it's like 75% are not Christians. And Jesus is sharing this with the people. And what do you think their, listen, their hearts are like? They're going, man, what is my, you know, I, I, I claim to be a God-fearing person, all right, but am I really like walking it out? And these truths are so timeless because it was so true back then as Jesus sharing it, and it's so true today. It's so, so true today. You know, it's ironic that um, they say the statistic of marriage in the church with divorces, guess what, guess what they say it is? It's like 40 or 50% in the church, okay? These are statistics that are out. This is what I've read before, 40, 50%. What's the statistic of marriages that pray together, do devotions, come to church on a regular basis, guess what that statistic is? It's less than a half a percent of divorce because those people are really following Jesus. They're actually really, they love Jesus. They're rooted in Jesus, okay? And so when I do marriage counseling, often, you know, when I do marriage counseling, um, this year I've done so many of them, it's, it's crazy. And the number one thing is, really, is that they're not rooted in Jesus. They're not rooted. They're not spending time in the Word. They're not praying together, all right? They're not doing devotions. They come to church maybe once every month or something to hear the Word. And this is, and it's crazy. It's, it's a lot. Even at our church, Calvary Chapel, it's like that. You would think differently, but it is. So here, we, Jesus talked about these soils, and he goes through them, and, and I know the hearts are really, really starting to be like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. But here's the thing is we know that outside of the church, man, the harvest is huge. There's a big, big harvest out there. Like this weekend doing the parade and handing out invitations. I mean, I hope the whole church is part of that. That's gonna be an awesome time and just representing the Lord. Look what Jesus said. It's up on the screen. And Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is what? Plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. The workers are few. It's about 25% is what it is. We're gonna talk about that percent in a moment. It's about 25%. You've heard of the statistics, right? What is it, 80-20? Based on this, it's kind of close, 75-25, all right? That are the people that are committed to Christ and serving him and serving others. And I know one thing, this church... Man, you guys, are, you guys rock. Because we, we've talked about statistics of serving before of the different campuses, and you all have got a really high percentage of serving at the church. I mean, you guys are awesome. I mean, it's like we wish like, in, even in Melbourne it was like that, or even in Vieira it was like that. So you guys are really serious about serving. So that's great. Because you know why? I believe because you all love the Lord. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. And so Jesus had a total commitment to the harvest, he was always sowing the seeds. And when he's sowing seeds, or when we're sowing seeds, does, do they always take root? They don't always take root, but we just continue to soil. We just continue to throw it. We don't know who it is. We just throw it, we throw it, we throw it. We just continue to do it. Did anybody go shopping on Black Friday? You crazy boy. You crazy boy. Yes. Bridge and I went out on Black Friday, okay? And we did a little shopping. 
But before we went out shopping, we had breakfast at home, and I, Bridget and I would pray together, and I would pray that, God, if you open a door for today, to us today, that we're going to share about you. So we go out shopping and um, go to different stores, and we ended up at Michael's. What a great name. <laughs> Over on Palm Bay Road. And um, we are uh, looking at some things. We're looking at these columns in front of the house, and we are looking. At, we want to do like these lights to kind of wrap around it. And this guy out of the blue says, "Oh, I wrap lights around my columns. Let me try to tell you about it." I didn't ask him a word. He approached us and said it. So I'm like, to me, I'm going, "Okay, this is it. This is the open door." So we start to talk to him and just where he's from. He's from New Jersey, and he in, in was in New Jersey. He said New York. Can't remember, New York, maybe. He, yeah, South America, right? Moved here, retired here, and we're just talking. He's just starting to explain stuff to him when I get his name, and he gets my name. And um, he's got a wife and a daughter. Um, he's retired. And um, we're just talking with him about just kind of building a bond. Always the first step, building a bond, relationship, just talking. And, you know, I, I know Bridget's over there. She's next to me. She's praying. And... Um, so I asked him the question after probably about seven, eight minutes. I said, if you were, at some point, our life ends here now. When you stand before God, why would he allow you into heaven? And guess what he says? He says, I'm a good person. Church, that is like 90% of the time you're gonna get that answer. We're right in the middle of Michael's and he says, he says that to me. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm talking with him. I said, you go to church? Yeah. He goes, I said, I said this is, is, does the church teach you that where you go? And he goes, yeah. You know, and I'm going, okay, all right. I won't name the church. It's not Calvary Sebastian, okay? <laughs> um, he tells, says the church. And as we're talking with him, his wife comes around. You know how the enemy tries to bring people around and tries to interrupt you and things like that. It's going, I'm just waiting. And we're talking and I'm sharing stuff with him and he's sharing stuff with me. And and I get to the point when I start to share the, the gospel with them. And I start to share about Jesus. I'm gonna tell you what my beliefs are because I believe what the Bible says. And as I'm sharing with him, his daughter and his wife, and his daughter says, well, Jesus, he was imperfect. And I'm like, well, let me tell you something. Jesus was perfect. He, well, he made some mistakes. Jesus is God and man, never made a mistake, okay? Never sinned, all right? And as we're continuing to talk, and his wife says to me, and I said, how are you going to, and she's like, well, God just forgives me. I said, he just forgives you? That was it? He goes, yeah, he just forgives me. I said, any other reason why he forgives you? No, he just forgives me. See, they didn't understand. Now, I'm not sure if the church is teaching that or they're just not listening and understanding. Because as I'm sharing about who Jesus is, I start to share who Jesus is. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, gee, we've heard of him. See, they, they know of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it was a really good time. He didn't, you know, he just, it's a good seed planting. But that's all over the place. And this is what, you know, I'm not saying that, listen, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss it and God really, he, he's like, you missed that one, Mike. But that one, I was just like being able to just sow the seed and throw it out there. And there's so much out there. And we, we ended with a handshake. Like, it was great. We talked, you know, see you around and everything. It wasn't like me taking a baseball bat and trying to, you know, trying to win him to Christ. Bam, bam. No, it wasn't like that. But it's, a, you know, when the Holy Spirit's leading you, 
There's a gentleness in your spirit. He can sense there was joy in just having the Lord in my life. And, and it's just a great time. So it's all around. We can continually, continually do that. All right, here's the fourth soil, verse eight. Still other seed fell in good soil where it produced a crop a 160 or 30 times that was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. He continues to say that. Look on the overhead. It says that he explains to Jesus, that he says, but the seed fallen on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and what understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times that was sown. And that is the key. Those that hear the word and understand it. See, those are the people who get it and they never walk away from it. When they hear it and they understand it. And these are people who that they know the word and guess what they do? They do the word. They know the word and they do the word, just like you all, okay? You guys know the word and you do the word, all right? So on the slide, we all know this, this verse, James 1.22, it says, but prove yourself, this is Jesus' half-brother, prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continuing obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. So those who truly understand the word have deep roots in the word and are doers of the word. It never fails. When you read about Peter and Paul and John all through the, the New Testament, see, they understand the word. They walked with the word. Matter of fact, Holy Spirit gave them the word, but it was deeply rooted in them and they were doers of the word continually, no matter what their circumstances were in their life. See, they had this, this, this outlook in their life was that, listen, I know where I'm going. I know this is not my home. I know I'm going to heaven for eternity. I'm just gonna walk it out and keep going. And that's what their mentality was like. And there's people out there who don't have deep roots in Christ, but actually they think they do. They really think they do. Like the guy at, uh, on Black Friday. Um, by the way, Black Friday, that's a tough day to go shopping, Okay. But I ask a question, church, who's got Jesus? Who's got Jesus? All right, so I, I made up a shirt. I made up a shirt. I got it on the screen. This is my design, by the way. Cassie did this for me. Got Jesus, I do, with a smile. Who would wear that shirt? I'm taking orders afterwards. <laughs> this is not online, okay? I sent it to my assistant. I said, hey, can you make this shirt up for me? I've seen the God Jesus, but I haven't seen that. There was nothing on the bottom like that. See, God, Jesus, I do. See, being that type of person is knowing that we have Jesus, we got him, big smiley on the face. I mean, I'd wear that shirt. I'm getting you that order, Pastor David. We're gonna order that from Sebastian Campus. We're gonna spread it around. Just don't, just don't tell the bookstore, okay? <laughs> but the group in the fourth soil, okay, those are good soil, Someone who hears the word, they understand it. And one truly understands the word, they will not walk away from the word and they will not walk around. I know it's like you think about it. I mean, seriously, church. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. It was so, it was one day in church at a different church 
And I, it was such a, you, I knew it was God calling me. I can't even imagine somebody saying that they walk away who truly have the faith. I mean, we know that the devil believes, okay? And people say believers. But man, when you got faith in Christ, I mean, think about yourself. Maybe the day that you've accepted him. And for me, man, there's just no way. There's no way. And I think about the people who in other countries, they give up their life for Christ knowingly. They will not renounce their faith. I've read stories of little girls at 13, 14 years old not giving up their faith in Christ and getting their heads chopped off. You know, we don't encounter that in this country. You know what I'm saying? And then hear people today, even in this country, that say they've walked away. I would have to say they never really had the faith. Deeply rooted. It was a surface type thing maybe, okay? It was like an emotional type thing. But aren't you glad that your roots are deep in Christ? Deep in Christ. So we have the good sower. We have good seed, good soil. With all those things, what else do we need? Well, we need to remain. John 15, five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Okay, so Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. If, if you remain in me, if, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's not little fruit, it's much fruit. But he goes on, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we can't do nothing without Christ. And as us being committed to that and that soil, what else does it need? It needs water. We know water is a big thing in, in, in the Bible about us living water, but it also needs sunlight. It needs that light shining down on it. John 18, 12, listen to this. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. And see, the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy. But in Jesus, he says, I've come to give life, what? Abundantly. He is the light of life. See, we have a life because of Christ. I think it's amazing. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, many people, even scientists and biologists, are saying that uh, it's true that when an egg and a sperm meet, it's fertilized, it fertilizes it, it's life. Okay? All right. I've read this, that when the sperm meets the egg and it fertilizes it, guess what happens? It's life, but guess what happens? They have found out there's a spark of light. They just realized this this last year and a half. There's a spark of light that comes off of that. Why? Because Jesus is the light of life. And through him, there's life. I love when God and science kind of go like this, you know what I'm saying? Because you look through you look through science to the Bible, it makes total sense, doesn't it? And it's amazing. And for us, it's the same thing, that we have to continue to walk with him, be filled with him. And we have, when we're following him, we have the spirit upon us. Man, we have got the light of life. And man, people will recognize that. People will recognize that. I know one thing, they'll recognize when you don't have the light on for sure. But when you do, man, they're going to recognize. And here's the thing, church, is this Saturday, 
they're going to recognize you all. They're going to recognize that you all who are out serving at this parade with a nativity scene with a live goat, I heard. Who's holding the goat, okay? They're going to recognize Christ through all of you. You're going to be a great representative of him. And it's going to draw people. Are we thankful for Jesus Christ? Amen, right? Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We just thank you, Lord, as you went through these four soils, God, of different hearts of people. God, we're so thankful that our soil was soft and we accepted you, Lord, and how it took root in our lives and the roots grew deep down. God, this church in Sebastian your Holy Spirit is so present here. The roots are so deep down in Christ. God, we just lift up this whole campus to you. We lift up Pastor David to you, God, if you've placed to be the under shepherd here. God, we look forward to the things that you're gonna continue to do through this church, God. Because there's many people in Sebastian that don't, they may think they know you, but they really don't know you. In this church, this body, is gonna be the one that proclaims you in the truth so people can be set free. So God, we thank you so much. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Thank you, church. for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.